Hello everyone, it's Jason and welcome to the JC Weather Podcast. It's Thursday, September 17th at about 10.30pm. And for this episode, we're going to go through the upcoming weekend and what to expect in the New York City area. We're also going to give you the latest on Hurricane Teddy. That is a behemoth. And we're going to conclude with a weather education lesson. So, for this weekend, we've got a front that's going to go by early tomorrow morning. And Sally's remnants will not be too far behind it. So, they start out with a few showers in the morning, especially across the east end. We'll wind up being partly cloudy by the afternoon with temperatures in the upper 60s. But we're going to see some cold advection Friday night as this upper high begins to build in from the Great Lakes. So by the time you wake up Saturday morning, it will be down in the upper 40s. Now, both Saturday and Sunday really are going to be carbon copies of each other. We're going to have this high-pressure system building basically overhead. It's going to be sunny both days and a little less hazy. We won't have that smoke from the wildfires out west being directed into our region. Our air mass will be coming out of Canada. We'll see temperatures reaching the mid-60s during the day, certainly a little cooler than average, and dropping down to around 50 at night. We are going to have this upper trough swing through over the course of the weekend, It's not going to do much to our weather other than make it a little breezy, but it's going to have some implications for Hurricane Teddy. Now, right now, Hurricane Teddy is a Category 4 storm. It has winds of 140 miles per hour, and it's about 1,070 miles southeast of Bermuda. It's moving northwest, and we think Teddy is going to continue to strengthen tonight. If you recall last night, it was just a Category 1, but we think it's going to continue to strengthen tonight, believe it or not. It's a Category 4 now, and it's over warm water and an area of light wind shear. Eventually, by tomorrow morning, it will probably go into an eyewall replacement cycle, which is what happens with large major hurricanes, and we'll see some fluctuations. So, we expect Teddy to be near Bermuda by Sunday night. And then we watch what, in particular, the European model does with this system. I mentioned that trough that's going to be swinging through our area this weekend. It's going to make things a little breezy, but as it gets into New England, it's going to start to close off, and it may cause Teddy to start backing north and west. If that were to happen, this would be much like what happened synoptically with Sandy, but... It's not going to be happening in our area. If this were to happen, the system would eventually turn into Nova Scotia or maybe even Maine. system in that position for our area would just result in a gusty northwest flow. We'd be in dry air. It would actually make us quite nice, other than a little breezy. But we certainly don't want this system hitting any part of the United States. We don't want it hitting land at all. But it's pretty unusual also for a hurricane to impact Maine directly. The last time that happened was in 1969 when Hurricane Greta made landfall in Eastport, Maine. So speaking of Teddy and hurricanes, I'm going to have a little weather education section about storm surge. 
So we, when we discussed Laura and Sally in the last episode, one important aspect of the storm we mentioned was the surge. When people think of hurricanes, they think of wind. But the water from tropical cyclones are usually much more dangerous than the wind. Most of the damage and casualties are as a result of storm surge. Storm surge is like a coastal flood or tsunami with rising water associated with low-pressure systems such as tropical cyclones or even a strong extratropical cyclone. An obvious cause of the storm surge is strong winds at the surface, so it's natural to think that a more intense storm with stronger sustained winds would produce a higher surge. But actually, the last 15 years have shown us that that's not always true. Let me explain why by comparing two storms. If we look at Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Charlie. So Charlie struck Punta Gorda, Florida in 2004. It was a small but intense storm. It had winds of 150 miles per hour at landfall. But the surge was just 6 to 8 feet. And that's because it had an observed radius of maximum winds at landfall of six miles within the eyewall. So the strongest winds were contained to that tiny area right around the eye. Katrina was a much larger but weaker storm with sustained winds of 125 miles an hour at landfall. But its wind radius was 30 to 40 miles, which resulted in a 25-foot plus storm surge that destroyed nearly everything in its path. It's because that larger wind field covers a larger surface area of water, allowing more water to be pushed inland. Therefore, if Charlie was a larger but weaker storm with 115 miles per hour winds, the surge would have been much larger. Another example is Ike in 2008. Ike had winds of 110 miles per hour at landfall, but it produced a 17-foot surge in spots. It had a radius of 40 to 50 miles, and at least tropical storm force winds extending over 200 miles out from the center. That storm was huge. Another factor that affects the height of storm surge is the topography of the ocean bottom. A narrow shelf or one that has a steep drop in proximity to the shoreline, tends to produce a lower surge, but a higher and more powerful wave action. An example is the Floridian Plateau, which is off the southeastern coast of Florida. Therefore, hurricanes that strike the southeastern coast of Florida, which is more common than many other places in the U.S., tend to produce lower surges. Coastlines along North America, such as those along the Gulf of Mexico from Texas to Florida and also coastal New England have long, gently sloping shelves and shallow water depths. So these areas are subject to higher storm surges, but smaller waves. In deeper water, a surge can be dispersed downward away from the storm, while in shallow waters, the surge has no place to go but towards the shore. So this is a big reason why Katrina and Sandy and Ike caused such massive storm surges and why places like Galveston, New Orleans, and New York City are so vulnerable to storm surge. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at JC Weather NYC and Long Island on Facebook or jcmeteorologicalservices.com.